Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And where I usually podcast from my house, and for a few a few episodes that I've actually uh, podcasted on the road, technically, at my friend Chris's house and such, I am doing a very similar thing today because I am not in my house. I'm actually my friend Mike's house. How you doing, Mike? What's going on? Long time no see with the podcast thing. Has, yeah. What's it been since the Halloween commentary? Halloween commentary. We, it, over two months. Yeah, it's over two months, and it's funny that we're bringing up Halloween, the commentary, and you're in you my can, house now, bitch. Which you can find on I own my, you on my SoundCloud page. Well, Changing it to bed. Since, oh. <laughs> since we're talking about the boogie woogie man, we're going to be talking about the new recent news about Halloween and the dimensions split. Yes, it was. Re- I saw it at least reported on bloodydisgusting.com. I on... was going to I put my I, I paused for the where I was going to drop in the theme song. All right, well blow me then. <laughs> I I will not. You're going to edit this out so I can say where fuck fuck shit fuck. <laughs> Okay, so for those who are not in the know about it, please tell us what we're talking about today. Well, on December 28th of Very just hot. last year, 2015, I at least for me, I saw it first reported by bloodydisgusting.com. Which is a, a fantastic website. Apparently, Dimension Films no longer has the rights to Halloween. Um, I haven't really gone into this very much because I've been too busy celebrating <laughs> because now that apparently that, that, um, collective turd in the horror movie punch bowl known as Halloween returns that was supposed to come out has been canceled. I was not at all excited of the premise of having, of doing yet another rebooted sequel in the world of horror movies where we have one movie that we can't touch cause it's legendary. So let's just keep milking this teat of it till it is dried out and no good anymore. But we don't want to touch any of the other sequels because we're only Hollywood writers, you know, making however many millions. It's just too confusing to link all these sequels together. And, and for real, like, what did they think I am, like a, a Hollywood writer? Well, I understand how much of the but getting how much of the uh, gross profits. Well, it's obvious that most of, like, we could probably argue that most of Hollywood does not care about continuity. Most, not all. Agreed. And it definitely seems like with Dimension, before we go any further with this news, I think we should talk about the history of Dimension's uh, involvement with the Halloween movies. Now, it's because of the gap between Halloween 5 and Halloween 6, that's when Dimension acquired the rights, if I'm not mistaken. Dimension essentially picked the franchise up when it was dead, when it when it was comatose and brain dead after the failure of Halloween 5. But didn't Halloween 5 still make a profit in comparison to... I, I think that's only because it went direct to video outside of America. Really? Yeah. They had no it, international it, release for it? No international release. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know that that was a point that I heard in the uh, 25 Years of Terror documentary. Uh-huh. It, it didn't make money. It, it, just, it was critically panned. Oh, yeah. And Mustafa Akkad himself attribute that, attributes that to being drunk off the success of Halloween 4 and trying to get another one rushed out. And it's, the one thing is Halloween 4 is not a great movie, but within the franchise, within the confines of the franchise... It's a decent sequel. I like Halloween 4. I was, funny enough, before we were, started podcasting, I actually was working, and my job, like my second job is I'm, I'm a sports editor for like for the online content, so I'm cutting an AHL game, and I don't really need to pay attention to the commentators, so I'm just speed wa- uh, list, uh, watching it, because the game was over, and I was just cutting the highlights. I was listening to the Halloween 4 soundtrack in the background, just something just for me to listen to, and it's this compared to like the other soundtracks and I think it says something about the movie itself that it's just okay in comparison to the rest of the movies but if you look from Halloween 4 and then the rest of the sequels yeah it's an okay, it's a much better movie compared to what we what came afterwards well I I I think Halloween 4 definitely deserves more credit than it gets mm-hmm. I really do cuz I mean yeah it was it was the sequel 
that just tries to be the original in many yeah. ways, but it also updated a bit for the 80s, yes. I feel. I feel that the score was a lot more fleshed out. Yeah, and I especially love the opening score to, like, the opening credits of, like, just the farmland stuff. Like, yes. just the, and the ambiance that comes out of it. And the surprise ending, spoilers, if you haven't seen this almost 30-year-old movie. Uh, yeah, of um, the the lead, the character of Jamie, Michael's eight-year-old niece. Played by Danielle Harris. Uh, played by the, the wonderfully delicious Danielle Harris in her adult years now. Adult years now, okay. I have to specify for All right, uh, legal Woody purposes. Allen, calm down. For, oh, God. <laughs> so, Danielle yeah, come back. I didn't know she was your sister. <laughs> Danielle Harris is just wonderful. I don't know why he's a stutter all of a sudden. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, with uh, the character of Jamie essentially inheriting Michael Myers' evil. That was an interesting place to go. But, of course, you know, since this is horror movie, we have to do the same thing over again, Mr. Oh, Akkad. Yes. And instead of doing what the... I wonder the, if the terrorist that took him out was a Halloween fan and we pissed oh. off and doing the same thing over and over again. All right. Uh, that's going too far. I apologize. You can edit this in post. <laughs> I may just leave this just to see what people say. Thanks. It's funny because the people who like my podcast are coming from like a mostly international audience too to my Facebook page. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, I, I apologize for that last statement. But I have to admit that that Mister Akkad, may he rest in peace, was holding the series back for a very long time. Why are you? St- All right, you're going to get just as much heat for laughing at this. No, I'm just. I'm just. Imagining. He's the host, folks. He gives me a microphone. Yeah, unfortunately, He's the enabler. <laughs> you uh and i'm just imagining there's a really diehard by uh the halloween fan just really pissed at him and then kaboom yeah well moving on <laughs> yeah so we were saying halloween 5 did not do well it made its money back halloween but- 5 shit to bed basically and someone had to take it over that was dimension who was just they, i have to say they're really starting to establish their foot as horror as a horror yeah, brand. because Dimension was set up to release more mainstream movies in comparison to Miramax because they were both uh, owned by the Weinstein Company, which was in turn owned by the Walt Disney Company. And so by that point, Dimension had already acquired Hellra- the rights for Hellraiser, and they kept shitting out sequels throughout the entire 90s. And they thought they did they with Halloween because they worked well with Hellraiser. They were the Lionsgate of today. Yeah, but Lionsgate... I, I, I mean, uh, the Lionsgate of the 90s, my bad. I was going to say. <laughs> it's almost 10 o'clock... <laughs> almost, it's almost my bedtime. Old man. Yeah. But I need my it, glass of warm milk. <laughs> you can trophy me for some shut the hell up. You will go to sleep or thank, I'll put you to sleep. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Throw <laughs> you out the window just like in the deleted scene. <laughs> I wish I had his mustache and had to go more. My God, is that man strong? Anyway, at least Lionsgate. I, so I, I got some lead paint in the basement <laughs> you can use. Just make sure you don't get it in your mouth. <laughs> At least Lionsgate, I enjoy most of the stuff they put out. In the no, I do too. A, I do too. But you got to admit, Lionsgate is a is a machine that just churns horror movies out. Yeah, and then eventually, the, it's, a, then it's they, a movie factory, horror movie <laughs> factory. And then they have the Hunger Games. Yeah. So, so after the lapse between Halloween Five, which led up, it was a fucking cliffhanger of an ending. Michael disappeared, and we don't know who the man in black was. These dangling producers cl- the don't know who the man in black is. No, because they, they because they knew the they were doesn't. they were so confident. Like we'll pay it off later. I'm wondering if George Lucas wrote this. Oh, ha ha! Zing! Make the movie before the script is done. Oh man, we are not even ten minutes in the first George Lucas shot was fired. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> anyway, so Dimension picks it up and decides to make Halloween Six. Your feelings. Well, I mean, briefly before because we will eventually obviously cover we it. know we know the clusterfuck that was the the production of Halloween Six, and how you get a longtime fan in Daniel Farren's in. Got one. Okay, sorry, folks. Sorry, you got a longtime fan like Daniel Farren's in to write it. He comes up. He comes up with something that's more closer to the Omen, right? And Rosemary's Baby than it is, you know... A Halloween movie. Then it is, well, then it is freaking... Not even a Halloween movie. Then just the hokey final product of mysterious caverns under a government-run mental facility. True. You know, like, don't inspections have to come there? It's like, does the guy who comes and works on the boilers notice the serial killer roaming around <laughs> in a white mask that's kind of been missing for six years? And raping his niece? And raping his niece in some spooky cavern with all these runes on it. You know, these are the kind of things a government inspector would notice. Yes. So that's uh, – and I mean they even – well, at least in the uh, final cut, in the uh, theatrical release, they address it when uh, – what the hell's his name? Dr. Wynn, played by 
Who's who's? I think I forget the actor's name. Plays Mitch him in Mitch Hedberg, played by Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> played by uh, Mitchell Ryan. Mitchell Ryan. Mitchell Ryan Hedberg, <laughs> and he says, "Okay, you could take that off Halloween." Like they laugh at it jokingly. Okay, can you take off your spooky clothes? But that, that just. I'll never forget the first time I watched it when I rented it on VHS and I see all these old men dressed in these hokey-ass clothes. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's on Halloween, but you get me to tell me that those guys running around isn't going to raise an eyebrow? Yeah, exactly. But, and so, and then Halloween 6 comes out, and my God, does it suck balls. Including the producer's cuts. I mean, producer's cut, I mean, it's a little more imaginative, but, like, still makes no sense. I think if you combine the two cuts, you will have... you will have a, a C plus effort. If yeah. you were to somehow re-edit the two cuts together, you, you will have what inevitably ends up as a C. And actually, if you take a lot of the deleted scenes that were cut completely out of the movie mm-hmm. that are in the uh, the ten movie box set, but which available, I highly recommend, they're available in very low quality. But they're in the, even if you splice some of those back in, I think that you'll have something better. I mean, it's kind of like. Halloween, uh, I mean, uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, where, like, so much of the gore was cut out, and, like, people had... the gorgeous alternative scenes. Yeah, I'm saying, like, we wish these were still in better condition to make our own edit of it, because definitely people would. We obviously fo- we obviously follow a lot of YouTube uh, uh, celebrities or just YouTube creators that would definitely, like, oh, let's make it and see how it see how it sounds and see how it works. Because there were a lot... I know in Halloween 6 there were some scenes cut out that... Well, well not really cut out, but, like, sort of alternative scenes... To a lot of the like in the beginning, there's one when the baby's born. Right. Instead of him being on some you know archaic rock table, he's in like an incubation chamber or whatever, being checked over by a nurse. Right. That, that I that I'd rather see than uh, people in the government-run hospital <laughs> acting like the freaking patients that they're trying to cure, <laughs> playing playing spookiness in the basement caverns that just happen to be under there, and delivering a baby in these spooky caverns. Are you, like, do you want, Sanitary. Do you want the kid to freaking die of an infection? <laughs> it's like I know Michael's trying to kill his – I know he's trying to kill his niece, but he's trying to, not freaking infections. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like if he really wanted to be effective, he'd just let them go on with their business. The, the child will die on their own – I guess, it, I guess as long as he's in the room, it ma- it's all that matters. Maybe he's the one that, that pointed to where they're supposed to be delivered and he killed yeah. them by proxy. <laughs> then would his curse be kind of fulfilled? And were point? the nurses wearing rubber gloves when they delivered the baby? I don't know. Were they, del- were they wearing the, the latex gloves? I know. Ah, whatever. Anyway, the reason why... Halloween 6 sucks. <laughs> Halloween 6 sucks. And then they're like, yeah, well, they kind of suck. We should do something else to change it up and stuff like that. So that's exactly how it sounded. <laughs> It's a probably a Bob Weinstein was talking like, yes, we should do it like this. And then Halloween H2 O comes out, which was like, let's ignore three through... You could argue that Halloween H2O is a reboot call. Yes. You could argue that. But at the same time, at least for me personally, I don't consider it a reboot call. I consider it a sequel that just doesn't talk about the other movies because it takes place so far away and it's been a couple of years. Like, not one scene in the movie is in Haddonfield. No, it's all in California. It's and all in, in California. And, and in, in Illinois, in another, in another part of Illinois where, like, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, like, when you see about a serial killer on TV or whatnot, you know, well, nowadays they have that making a murderer show where... Yes. But back then, in, like, the 90s, you hear about it on the evening news... Reoccurring serial killer or whatnot, and, right? And you in your own town, far away, where it doesn't affect you, probably won't know anything about it. No, so I that's mean, how I understand the whole. That's how I justify the whole ignoring of continuity. I mean, nobody really knew about the BTK killer outside of his town until he was finally caught. Exactly. So, I mean, that's how I justify it. I don't consider H2O a reboot quill. I just, I consider it a sequel that ignores the events because the events of this movie are so out of the out of the uh, bubble of those. Even though they should, that Jamie Lee Curtis should should acknowledge her daughter that that she would be it. nice. But, yeah, but we're at least what that came about. What that might have been <laughs> that why did uh, Josh Hartnett earned her his mother's love and, and uh, Daniel Harrison not anyway. Well, he, it was the nineties, so he was in the teen craze exactly, and so how she hadn't sh- seen Pearl Harbor yet. He was oh Harbor. yeah, he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> A movie that's about what it happened to it. it yeah, exactly. Halloween H2O comes out, and it's success. It's another movie that reinvigorated Halloween. And it, based upon the success of Scream. Oh, yeah, because it was heavily influenced by Scream, especially when you when you kick out... Oh, God, who the hell was the guy who did the score originally? Uh, John Ottman. John Ottman. When you kick him out and pop in Marco, Marco Beltrami's score... 
literally is, lifted from Scream, like 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 someone just yo yo go down to go down to the vault and get me the Scream soundtrack. We're gonna finish the score today, which is which starts to raise eyebrows because okay, in Scream they're watching Halloween near the climax of the movie, and Halloween H two O they're watching Scream two in their dorm. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't see any recycled soundtracks in Scream from Halloween. No. I just, I just wish. But they the ho- do use part of the Halloween score playing off the TV in one of the moments, and it actually really works. Yeah, but that was because they're watching a movie, not yeah. because they're just they're not. I just wish the whole time when they were putting the Scream score into Halloween H two O, they had a pet canary in there going cheap, 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 cheap <laughs> at them. <laughs> Oh, man, which I really wish... And I... there was the whole mask debacle during H2O. They went through, like, seven discs. Explain. This is, like, this is just more corporate horse shit right. that you have to deal with. They designed a mask. Who the hell was it? John Carl Beekler? Or was it K&B? They went through everybody. Yeah. They went through freaking everybody. Every, every major league makeup person was part of that. They went actually. through freaking everybody. And just dumbasses in, in suits said... It's not Michael Myers' mask. So they ch- I think they changed it, like, what, five times, six times? Roughly. And then there was the CGI mask for scenes <laughs> they couldn't reshoot. My God, I mean, unca- Uncanny Valley le- level of CGI. Because I'll never that. forget seeing, seeing the TV spots for H2O and seeing one mask that was just kind of boring. Right. And then I'll never forget watching this, well, like... you can see his eyes, pretty much. It, it was just that... That, like I, I, it's a visual, so I can like grumpy truck driver, like, mm. <laughs> pissed off McDonald's customer <laughs> mask. And then I remember watching, and this was back when I was thirteen, and I was still terrified of Halloween because I had just seen it a year prior. Right so now, there's gonna be another one, and it's gonna be released two days before my birthday. He's coming to get me. He's coming to get me. Gotcha. So I, I remember watching this, like watching this. Uh, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was like hosting music videos on VH1, and they showed clips from the movie. And then I see a completely different mask, and I like did a double take and almost fell off my damn couch. <laughs> that exact same scene, because uh, what made it into the final cut of the movie wasn't the same mask that they used in uh, the trailers and stuff. Because they already pre-approved that before. They, they didn't use it. some fat guy face who's pissed off because his fries are cold, <laughs> and, and he's been standing there for forty minutes when he could be eating. So. H2O comes out and it's a success, and they're like, well, we should make another one right it's away. It's a success, and it's a wonderful closing chapter, It actually. should have been the closing chapter. It truly should have. How the hell do you come back from getting his head chopped off? Oh, they ret- they oh. kind of they kind of retcon. Not, not even retcon. They kind of like... And they got my $9. Thank you very much, inflation. Yeah, yeah you actually went to go see it in theaters. I, I went to go see it in theaters because I did not think it was going to suck that badly. Oh! I did not think it was going to suck that bad. You don't get it. You don't get it. I'd rather listen to the Chinese democracy while playing Duke Nukem Forever than watch that. <laughs> I actually like Chinese democracy. It's, uh, Chinese Get democracy. the fuck out of my house. I'm keeping your stuff. A few, a few, of his, a few of the songs I actually think are kind of catchy. Like stick three. this microphone up your ass while it's wired up so we can hear how full of shit you are. It's true, man. Shackles Revenge, the opening of of Chinese democracy itself, and Sheet of Dreams. Shaq's Revenge, what? Shackles Revenge. Oh, Shaq Fu's Revenge. <laughs> I'd rather play Shaq Fu and listen and listen to the Morbid Angel album that came out that same year and watch Resurrection. They shouldn't have called it Resurrection. They could, should have called it It's fucking Halloween. It's fucking dead. Let it die. <laughs> Halloween, the dead horse, <laughs> dead horse edition. <laughs> beating the dead horse of the dead, as oh, you my, said. All this is two hours of Michael Myers beating a dead horse. <laughs> I think it would have been more just, hey, what we got. Well, the le- the, all right, let, well, let's let's move on because we're getting very off topic. And, yeah. And very surly this evening. I don't know why, but, but so, Halloween Resurrection was a dismal failure. If you're listening to this podcast and know anything about Halloween, you know why. Yes. So after that, the series laid dead for years until they got Rob Zombie to come in and this is during the high, the height of the uh, of remake re- season of re- re- horror remakes due to the success of initially from Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out in 2003 oh and really then, I thought it was the success of 1998 Psycho oh yeah I'm sure Gus Van said Psycho said like you know what I think he's got a good idea re- remaking this stuff <laughs> fuck that's you, a guy yeah. who needed a canary next to him saying cheap 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 uh, it's funny because one of the uh, like filmmakers that like teenagers that I follow by the name of Kelly Baker, he's a, he was a sound guy and God, he did a lot of Gus Van Sant sound, and he was in the midst of like prepping his own movie, and he realized, oh man, I really need some extra cash. Gus Van Sant said like, hey, I'm doing a remake of Psycho. He's like, why are you doing that? Well, I need a sound man. Do you want the job or not? All right, I guess I'll take the job. And that's how he was able to finance his first feature film. But it's just like, even he, like, people around him in the making of that didn't want to do that. 
moving on. So the height of the horror remakes, the early 2000s, Halloween is up, up for grabs. And the person who said remakes are terrible and a bad idea said Rob Zombie in myriad of different interviews in the early 2000s eventually remakes it. Your feelings briefly on his first three. Well, they handed him a very, very large um, burlap sack <laughs> with a dollar sign on it that, that just had this nice metallic clang when it hit his desk. <laughs> and he agreed. No, no, no. I mean, the Rob, another one for your wife as well. The Rob Zombie rem- remakes, you could love or hate them. They mm-hmm. are full of Rob Zombiness, which is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who you are. Right. And depending on what your moral standing is currently in the world. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that they're a complete story, a complete two-part story. Yeah. I appreciate a lot of the new things he tried in, in H2. I'll never forget the first time you told me to rank, like, the Halloween movies, and you were you were surprised to hear that H2 is not my least favorite one. Right. Resurrection firmly establishes the bottom of that barrel. Yes. But H2, I, I, I appreciated a lot of what he was going for. He was going for a lot of truly showing showing what happens to the people afterwards, the aftermath, and how they have to live with this. Right. That's what I appreciated. And for stylistics, he shot a 16-millimeter film rather than 35-millimeter film, which was the entire series was shot on, and definitely showed, in at least an unconscious way, of how it changed that story and how that dynamic of that story is told. I think he, I think, I, I really think, based on interviews and by listening to the his le- his level of enthusiasm in the director's commentary of H2, oh I think that he went in there wanting to do something that's completely his own, and when they... He handed them the script. They said, uh, this isn't really Halloween. Can you put all these things back into it? Yeah. Like, it would have been interesting to literally see Laurie going crazy because Michael Myers really isn't there. It's like she's she's haunted by him. Right. Actually, hold on. Before, before his first remake came out, a work print was leaked that I saw that had a different ending. Yeah, I saw it the day before where Michael is killed. Yeah, at, at the doorstep of his yeah. house by the cops and stuff like that. I hate that, that work print. That was that was his original ending for the movie before it was changed. They have the the scuffle all the way through the house and out the uh, patio. That was something that I that was in the back of my mind and wanted to talk about. But moving on. I, I mean, I, I would call I would call the first remake a success because it actually broke a Labor Day box office record. I don't know if that record is still standing. Um, no, I. Th- think maybe Guardians of the Galaxy may have that. Labor Day? I'm pretty sure. That would have been a month after Guardians. I think Guardians would have cooled off by then. Right. I remember seeing Gu- Guardians came out a week before my birthday. I remember that. Okay, maybe you're right then. And my birthday's in early August. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But Halloween 1, I would say, was uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 was a success. Yes. Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, it, it is what it it's is. It's his you movie. Like, it, yeah, it's his movie. You either like it, you hate it. There's two cuts of both films. Yes. H2 is the one with the staggering differences. And the original theatrical ending, I say, is the is, is worlds better than the director's cut ending. Right. Worlds better. The director's cut ending should have been in freaking Halloween Resurrection. Because you, could, you couldn't have killed that thing any worse than it was. <laughs> and that was... And the director's cut was the one where she comes out and gets gunned down by the police herself. Yes. And in the theatrical... And he pulls off his mask and yells, Die! As he stabs. And Zach Wilde pulls off his mask and says, <laughs> Die. All out here! Oh, my God. He sure just had a few pins harmonics before he, he shuffled off he the He did. That road. was the sound of the knife going into Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> I want somebody to do as a fan edit to that now. Go right ahead. You're an editor. That's true. I, I should do that. Oh, man, I should just put... Just Black Label Society music under all the stuff where he's unmasked now. And so that movie comes out, and it's not a success in comparison to the first one. Most people didn't get it. No. I got it, but it still was I remember my buddy Renee and I saw both of them in theaters. We saw – we – I think we snuck into the the first Halloween because I don't think we were old enough yet. And then – yeah, because we were 16 at the time. So no, he was seventeen. I was sixteen. So I snuck in, and then two years later, we saw the Halloween two one. And we're driving. Um, we're leaving the movie theater. And we're kind of si- we're sitting at a stoplight. We're like, that was interesting. Yeah, we didn't know what to say about it. We didn't know how we felt about it initially. It's something that you take. It takes a little time to get used to and get your feelings. Like, what was the true intention there? And like I said, it's a Rob Zombie movie through and through for the most part. And I don't think we'll ever see a, a as creative Halloween movie ever again. 
You never know. We never know. But that was the last movie in the stewardship of what Dimension is, where, where the whole... They've been trying to get a third one off the ground forever. There was Hall- going to be Halloween 3D, where they're going to bring back the 3D gimmick as if as if horror movies weren't raped enough with 3D in the 80s. I'm surprised like Paul W.S. Anderson didn't do that, because it would give him more time to, I guess, work on a Resident Evil movie. I'm surprised but... they didn't just make it all in neon. <laughs> the Joel Schumacher version of Halloween. Why not? Hire Joel Schumacher to make a, a retro Halloween. <laughs> You know, the thing is, Joel Schumacher would make a good movie, though. That's the thing. For the most part, Joel Schumacher's movies are good. I haven't watched any except for the ones I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I say, watch Falling Down, watch Lost Boys. Falling Down, that sounds appropriate. <laughs> Phone booth. Anyway, and so Halloween Returns was in the works. So something that was dimensionized. So explain a little bit about that. Um, What was it, last summer? This past summer, actually. Uh, July of 2015. It was announced that who was it? The guys from Saw. The two, the guy, the, the pair of writers that did the second the second trilogy of the Saw movies, that um, they were tasked to do the writing for the next one called Halloween Returns, and so I'm like, okay, and like I enjoy all the Saw movies, and I I like how tightly plotted the second second trilogy is, pretty much, and I'm like, all right. I have no problem with that. At least they would be able to deal with continuity, and it would be no problem until I heard that it was going to be about – it was going to be a rebrequel, as you put it. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> it, it was It was the writers were going to be Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, the latter of which would have been the director. Right. Um, it was supposed – they claim it was going to be a standalone installment, which I think is a load of crap. Right. Because it – Explicitly states when it takes place. Like I think it said, uh, years a- some years after Halloween two, it's a fucking reboot call. Yeah, it's Superman Returns in Texas Chainsaw three D, and one of those two is an actual successful movie, and it's not the one you expect. Eh, from a financial standpoint, Superman Returns was successful. Yeah, but it still didn't. Not uh, for Warner Brothers. No. Like, oh no, it didn't make us. You mean I can't get the yacht with the, that's made out of pure gold? Yeah, but also like the, the they, they dumped so much money into the marketing in that movie, though. That's why it made a profit, but it's not the one they expected because they spent so, so much making the movie. Texas 3D. You can take it as is. You can love it or hate it. It depends on your prerogative, right there. I just wonder how far they got into production because it said that uh, production started on July 15th, one month after it was announced. <sighs> Curious. Yeah. And so that's where we are now is that now that that's not going to happen. Now that that's like... been canceled, um, baby Jesus can come back and <laughs> he can be happy again. So you would. An you angel would... has just gotten its wings. So what do you think is going to happen to Halloween now that's freed from dimension? Well, obviously it's going to find a new studio. It's just which one. And believe it or not, I am actually shooting for Lionsgate. Why is that? They are a horror movie machine, essentially. They come out with horror movies. Many of them hit or miss, depending. But I feel like for, with Lionsgate, there's a flavor for everyone. Yes. Lionsgate is like the Baskin Robbins of horror. That, and that's why, like, if like my admir- my dreams is to work in Hollywood and make movies, just like that, I would have no problem working for Lionsgate and having their have, doing stuff for them because I like them as a company. Yeah. I, th- that is who I hope. I mean, it would be nicer if they get a, a bigger... Like Universal? I don't Again? Know, I don't know if they'll get back to Universal. Because they had it after the first Two one. and three. Two and three. Two and three Universal. I don't know if they'll ever get that big. Maybe New Line. Is even New Line a, New Line a, a functioning company anymore? I think they're like a shell company almost. Okay. I think, I, I think they exist on paper. I was going to say, because Bob, like, it was the, the, for the longest time, it was the house that Freddy built. Yeah. With the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and then, of, of course, the Lord of the Rings franchise and Teenage then, Mutant Ninja Turtles Ninja Turtles and then Blade uh, and then finally like when they were doing the Hobbit Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> and then when it came to the Hobbit uh, since United they didn't a different company owned the rights to the Hobbit that's why it was partially Warner Brothers partially MGM and partially New Line Cinema one I guess one company owning owning one part of the distribution rights compared to another so I always like, but like I know I never see a new New Line movie. That's just New Line by itself. It's 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 always connected to something else. It's like, huh? I wonder if they're still a functioning company. It, well, yeah. So I mean, Lionsgate for me is my best hope. I mean, I know people out there criticize Lionsgate, but I'm sure they'll give it what it needs to 
get off the ground. Now, and would get you, going. would you want a movie or a TV show? I want a movie. And not, and why is that versus a TV show? I feel like with a TV show, the the chapter of the pacing is all off. I feel like you don't give Michael the space he needs because mm-hmm. you're so focused more on getting a plot going. Right. I feel like the slow that slow horror movie burn doesn't work on TV because TV can be very fast paced. It's true. But I, I mean, like. And I think it would get just lost amongst, like, all the action cop dramas and superhero shows. Well, if it's a cable, cable network, or Netflix. Netflix, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it would find its audience. Because I think because of the, the harsh content that it, this franchise is built on, you need a cable network at least. And not, like, basic cable. I think you need, like, a, something like an HBO well, you, or you Showtime. You could have cop shows where they're blowing each other's heads off, I mean. Yeah, but nudity. Uh, it's not necessarily. It's not. It's not needed. You can break that stigma. You can. You can drop the nudity. True. And believe me, this coming from my mouth is is absolutely shocking to say. I can't believe I just said that. You could have something that where there is. What is Daisy movie. Ridley? Um, what's she been? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, they would. They wouldn't. They'd recast her for eight and nine if she started in a horror movie. After this. Are you kidding me? If she started in a Halloween movie, <laughs> but we found out that you were doing something obscene. What? It'd be like if they found a video of her on the internet snorting coke off of George Lucas's dick. It'd be a very short line. <laughs> oh, zing. Killing the nerve endings in the tip. And, okay, so... And you'd have to use CGI to have a bigger... Maybe that's what it is. Fuck <laughs> around with a CGI projector attached to his waist. <laughs> this is the dick I always meant to have, but I couldn't because of time and money. So, you hope for something like New Line to have it. I hope for Lionsgate to have it. That, that's Lionsgate, my, I'd Lionsgate. say that's my number one pick. Maybe Warner Brothers. Maybe Universal. Maybe Universal Warner Brothers back. or Legendary. Legendary would probably be mine. Legendary. Le- would be not, my well, number one. a subsidiary of something these days. So. Yeah, and Legendary has been like, they they own like the big like monster movies. Not like the Universal Monster, but like they own Godzilla, they own King Kong and stuff like that. And for the most part, they put out good content. So I think they would do well there. And But where would the story go? Would this take from the well, comics? Here, here's what I'm going to say. You could, you could, you can go a couple of places with the story. You can either do a full blown remake again if you really want to. If you really want to, if you really want to just blow that collective load again, and and just not think and just say, okay, let's just do the same thing again. Or you could do a Rob Zombie sequel. You could do. You could go back to the freaking the original series and continue it. Pick up from where Resurrection left off. It's true. And hopefully it, it opens with Buster Rhymes being disemboweled <laughs> violently. He do, he, he's not doing anything. Uh, fly- he's not doing anything with his career or life anymore. <laughs> I, probably, think- I bet you we could turn on an infomercial right now when he's selling Lonco <laughs> ovens. <laughs> I just come back for one day, just him on an operating table, just being disemboweled by him. Except you do it in real life and you film it as a snuff film. <laughs> oh. You could do that. <laughs> what or- I would like to see... Is a is a true standalone film, mm-hmm. not not the, not this. Re, re, I mean, you could also do the reboot, Quill. Right. You could actually pick up these guys' script if you want to. You can mm-hmm. buy the script and continue where they left off. But a true standalone film where you have a story that is not directly connected to any of the movies, because we all know who Michael Myers is. Right. If you're going to a Halloween film, either you're going with someone who knows who Michael Myers is, and you're just tagging along. And they can explain it to you or even show you any of the other ones. Or you know exactly who he is. You know what he's done. You know his legend. Mm. Where now you have a chance to start over in a new location, maybe somewhere comparable to Haddonfield, somewhere in the Midwest. Right. Under similar circumstances and sort of get him back to what he originally was. Right. That thing that everyone claims they do when they make a movie, but they actually don't. They just do the same thing over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. And something that is funny because Mike and I made a short movie over uh, for Halloween that was kind of taking the idea of like, what if Michael stopped chasing after his family members and just went back to being a person who whose motivation was kind of unknown to the audience, just freaking people out first and then killing them and stuff like that, being the true boogeyman versus just a mindless killer. Yes, because if, if you really look back, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, 
I can only really it, number one was really the only, the only one where he set up something elaborately to truly horrify Laurie Strode mm. by setting up her dead friends in the room with the tombstone. I mean, yeah, they they hung uh, Jody Lynn O'Keefe, disemboweled the corpse in H two O, right? But that's the only one where you really see like Michael. He's all he's the boogeyman, but he's also a Halloween trickster. Mm. He goes for the whole trick or treat thing. You could go back to that. And like you were saying before about the comics, there is an awesome comic series. If you guys can go to your local comic store, if you still have one, yeah, hasn't burned to the Brick ground Home. yet, oh. or go online. My local comic store burned to the ground. That's why he said that. Yeah, and then freaking the owner who didn't have insurance on it died of a heart attack six months later. No surprise. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Moving I wonder on. why he died. You know, his business he's only had for thirty years just burned to the ground. He didn't have insurance on it. Yeah, that, that... I would have hung myself before a heart attack could <laughs> have happened. Are you kidding me? That's harsh, man. It's true. I'd have ran into the store and said, well, this is over. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> While it's on fire. No coming back <laughs> to this. Bye-bye. <laughs> Run arms flailing into the fire. That's his practice. <laughs> I'm just imagining Rich Evans doing it like that's <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. But if you could get, or even go online, look up Halloween Night Dance. It was a four-part comic series. Where Michael Myers is not in Haddonfield, he's in another part of the Midwest, Illinois or whatever, and he is slowly stalking this ballet dancer who's just very neurotic mm -hmm. and crazy. She's just she's just always paranoid. She just always has these like primal fears that affect her. Right. And he's after her because mm -hmm. he makes that connection, that mm -hmm. sisterly connection. Not she is my sister, but he makes that connection mm -hmm. of a, of a vulnerable young woman. And all the while, some like uh, it's been so long since I freaking read it. So there's probably gonna be people on the internet saying, "Well, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't actually like this. It was more like that." But the <laughs> Bugs Bunny, like the uh, big Bucky Beaver teeth. <laughs> Nobody fucking. I was, I was watching. Honestly. I was watching Jim Cornette shoot interviews. So him <laughs> making fun of Kevin Dunn. I was watching wrestling interviews by disgruntled people <laughs> who are amazing. Which makes makes your life feel so much better. From the laughter you get. <laughs> but anyway, like these two, like, uh, I don't want to say ghost hunters, but just like boogeyman hunters, you know, come across like an abandoned shack that Michael's been living in. I think one is looking for her uh, boyfriend. Just go out and read it. Yes. Check out Halloween I should have done my homework. I'm very sorry. It's, I it's okay. I've never a big fan of homework. It's okay. That's why I did homework for the other podcast we'll, we'll do uh, soon. And so you say go that route. Have it being basically take everything aside from what you know about Michael Myers from the first movie mm. and throw it out the window. Okay. Take everything that's familiar except what we know about Michael Myers and get away from it. Because, because like as the comics have illustrated, he could do that. It doesn't have to be tied down. It's it's trying to like somebody pointed out that Halloween Two was written in the post Empire Strikes Back world. Look, I am your father. World. Yes. And it definitely seemed like that's how it was shoehorned in, that Jamie Lee Curtis was his other sister when she was a child. Well, Carpenter admittedly put that down to six-pack of Budweiser a night in front of the typewriter trying to write the same movie again. I mean, which I kind of feel bad for the guy to have to do that, that he has to get to that state in order to well, write. He, he always talks about how he loves the checks that he gets. So. Oh, yeah. And it was funny. I was listening to the 35-year anniversary of commentary with... Oh, uh, with Smokey the Chimney? <laughs> <laughs> His voice does sound pretty bad. And Jamie Lee Curtis is very assertive on the commentaries as well. The, I'm waiting for the 40th <laughs> when he's got a full-blown voice box. <laughs> oh, this is John Carpenter. Everybody listening to John Carpenter right now. John <laughs> Ow, I just impale myself with the microphone. This is John Carpenter. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> Stop making fun of me. Stop making fun of you. Give me a check. <laughs> <laughs> Tim just laughed so hard he farted. There's a lot of maturity on the podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, then. Get your mother in the car. Get the dog, too. Scarfing in here. Arf, arf, arf. Thank you, Denton. We have a lot of references, just obscure references. Yeah, say, like, at least the people we know who are around us often, who most of the people who listen to this frequently, will get those jokes. So... You say go in a completely different route besides just the... take it, Make Michael what we know of him from the first movie. First movie. The, the distilled boogeyman who will, who will make a connection with someone and stalk their life. Elaborately 
just chiseling away at them, chiseling mm. away at their freaking sanity, mm. slowly killing everyone around them. Mm-hmm. So you get to this breaking point where they they almost like like you know the curious dog that has to look through a hole in the fence. Yeah, where they have to go investigate something because they're at their freaking wits end, mm. and they regret finding what they find. And yes. that's when he strikes. That could work in. It could set up its own franchise afterwards. It doesn't even know. need to be a new franchise or a new series. It could just be. It could just. You be know that on. You know how. I mean, yeah, it's got to be a multi-arc story now. It's gonna. We're gonna have the Halloween cinematic universe. <laughs> yes, because I love the Avengers and everything that Marvel has done. However, it's left a bad impact on the movie franchise, movie Hollywood system as it is today. So. I, I've used this analogy. I love tuna fish and I love ice cream, but I don't love tuna fish flavored ice cream. Right. Not everything needs to be a cinematic universe. That's what Universal doing with their monster movies now. They're trying. It's gonna, to, uh, didn't didn't the Dracula one already fall flat? Yep. Yeah. They're gonna keep it going. Wasn't there a Frankenstein movie last year with with uh, with with Two Face? Er, yeah, Aaron Eckhart. With, yeah, I Frankenstein. I. Bl- Fuck you. Listening to my iPod during I Frankenstein. And then Victor Frankenstein, which kind of blew as well. Yeah, there were two Frankenstein movies last year. No, I Frankenstein, I think it was late 2014. Oh, okay. Are you but, sure? I thought, it was, I thought it was. I'm pretty sure it's Because that was a fuck you, it's January movie. Oh, because I, I knew we had two I swear to God movies. Had, I swear to God we had two Frankenstein movies last year. It's like, no, no one cares. Nobody nobody cares for sure. I was actually hearing, speaking of uh, before, the Jim, 2014. Cornette, Jim Cornette shoots I was listening to, I was hearing a great analogy earlier he was making about uh, to, to compare getting pro wrestling back to what it used to be and how it's impossible. Right. He said, when Frankenstein first came out and everyone saw Boris Karloff and they were scared out of their mind. It was great. It was a great setup. And you see the Hammer films, it takes it further. Then you see Young Frankenstein, and that parodies it to the point where, for many people, that is their first exposure to Frankenstein. Right. How can you take it seriously after that? Right. You know? Hmm. He's got a point there. And it's, hmm. well. Well, this is off the topic of Halloween, and now we're yeah. on Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, like, like our friend Peterson, who hasn't been on the podcast yet, him and I, last time we were here, we're talking about we may be covering the Universal Horror movies and podcasts soon, so maybe we're just we're setting up things to be paid off later. later. Who knows? We're pulling a Halloween Five right now. We're just throwing shit out there, and hopefully, we pay it off. So there you go. We we got that background there. So, and I agree where you're saying that, like going with take the take the bare skeleton of what he was of what he was. Take what take what worked about the original. And then take everything else that's completely familiar and get, away, get as far away from it as possible. And, and I think the horror fans will go see it regardless. And I feel like if you have enough people behind the idea, everybody behind the idea, including the studio, who trust the people making it, I don't see why it wouldn't be a success at this point. I, I just see like two weaknesses in that. And one is that you pretty much remake the original, except with new characters and a new, new setting. Uh, Creed and Star Wars Force Awakens has done that recently. Look what their box office is. I know, but I mean, creatively, you look at it and you're just like, kind of just. I like it, but it feels like the original. That's what I'm saying. Take a couple chances on it. if you go if you if if that this is the direction that it goes. I hope they take some new chances on it. That Michael Fox is somebody to death with a knife. Well, there's that <laughs> for, for the for the audience members like you <laughs> who enjoy that. I don't enjoy that. I just watch. I just watched seven uh, on Friday, and so that like that uh, the uh, lust uh, murder is still stuck in my head. Moving on, but I mean, just just you, you get, keep an eye out that you're not that you're not doing too many callbacks, and that you're not just copying what the original did. No, I mean, acknowledge where you came from, but forge your own way. Like, there's many things I've seen from the comics that they could borrow. I mean, yeah, that would be just taken from another source. Mm-hmm. That would be just as bad. Um, and the other one is that if you do it that way, you kind of run the risk of it just being a one-off. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it just being a one-off. No. But when, it, when, it's a, when, it's a, when it's a franchise, you've got to keep that thing going until it can't go no more. Right. And then somehow resurrect it back from the dead and get it going until it can't go no more, then rinse, repeat. Yes, because if one thing is for certain, at least in Hollywood, especially horror movies, then like even like the most shittiest of movies will somehow still get a sequel. Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's not that great of a slasher movie. Somehow got a sequel. The fucking Leprechaun series has a series, not just one movie. Despite how terrible the first Leprechaun is, I love Leprechaun in space. Oh god, he comes he he comes back to life at the dick of a spaceman, man. I like Leprechaun in space. <laughs> It's something that's good to watch in the middle of the night on, on <laughs> local broadcast. 
on public access. <laughs> and feel better about yourself. And feel better about yourself and then just like smoke a lot of weed and just drink a lot. And just be like, yo, man, life is hard, but at least I didn't make Leprechaun <laughs> Anyway. At least I didn't make Leprechaun in space. Man. Don't bring Michael Myers into space. Or you Don't. could bring Michael Myers into space and just, you know, make people hate you but still give give you their money. Yeah, I, I mean, don't pull Jason X. I, I, and I enjoy Jason X, but I feel like Jason X, I think, or Jason leans more to being in space more than Halloween. Maybe just because of how his character is set up and being pretty much a zombie at that point and not just a masked dude. What character? <laughs> Jason as a character? More, well... It's always just copy and paste. <laughs> he was as me. much character as hitting Control C <laughs> than Control V. Anyway, any other thoughts you have on this news that Halloween is now away from Dimension? Well, it definitely makes things more interesting. That's for sure. I mean, on one hand, things have really been so quiet for the past few years that just anything, even even the reboot quill. It was nice to hear that something was happening. Yes. But now this, this could set it in limbo again for a while, and who knows? Maybe that is better. Maybe it's something that should... If they never make another Halloween movie, how would you feel? Well, I'd be fine, because I wouldn't have to add to my box set. So That's true. My box set would stay complete. I wouldn't have to say, oh, great, now I have to get the new one. That's true. Well, once they put it on 4K, Blu-ray, and, and then and then Poo-ray, or whatever. Yeah, whatever more. the next... Well, where you have to pay to have it beamed directly to your skull. <laughs> it's with the same technology that Edward Nigma has in Batman Forever. No, yeah, when, no they have that, when they have the Batman Forever box technology. <laughs> I mean, you're always going to be buying something new, but for, I, I like my complete set. I like how it sits on my DVD shelf. That's what... Uh, that's my one of my favorite jokes in the first uh, Men in Black is like they're showing like the new technology I was they got that last night. from the aliens. Like, hmm, guess I have to buy the white album again. He puts down a little mini CD back. Play CDs soon. And well, it wasn't it wasn't correct, but it was the same incentive. Mini, disc, mini discs tried. They tried and failed. Just, in America, they failed. They they succeeded outside. They had of a nice nice life in Japan where they were originated. Oh, Sony was the big one in that. That makes sense then. Anyway, my my final thoughts is, like, I kind of want to see another Halloween movie in theaters again, but it, to at what cost, I do not know. I just hope it, like we were saying, ends up in the right hands and is just a good movie based on the first movie. Don't try, I mean, like, if you want to go back to the original series as, like, is it taking place after, after Resurrection? Sure. Or if you wanted to even try and tie it in with Rob Zombies, Okay. Just put effort in there. That's all I ask for. I don't know why we have to beg about that on a podcast. That effort has to be put in when it comes to. A movie. I feel it's. I feel it's less corporate meddling mm-hmm. than it is a matter of effort. Okay, because you always have your freaking demographics that you have to. Every time, every time, there's a lot of times when I watch a movie and I just see that it's been tinkered with with the corporate aspect. I get this visualization of a bunch of bald men. In their 50s, wearing suits, pointing at a graph. <laughs> but the charts say... Just because, like, demographics, we have to have this in there. We have, to, we have to appease this. It's like, just let it be something that's nice and organic. Mm-hmm. Let someone who has a vision that's at least sane, a sane vision, yes. come in. Let it be a collaborative effort to sort of refine and rein in that vision. Mm-hmm. And then put out the best part you can. It's kind of like... If you do and it fails... Whatever. That's a write-off. The only, the only way you could make Halloween worse from Resurrection, the only way you could truly destroy Halloween or rape it or whatever is if you put it in space. Yeah. Or, you know, if you Underwater. bring Buster Rhymes back and he's not killed off during the <laughs> opening credits. And during if he's not killed off during the entire two hours, it's just a two-hour snuff film of him being, him being murdered mercilessly. <laughs> um, it's funny because you're saying about corporate uh, meddling and stuff like that. What was it last night? My girlfriend and I were watching All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, which is a movie that bought by the Weinstein Company after the success at the Toronto International Film Festival during the horror section where 500 fans fucking loved it when they showed it. And then they acquired the rights to the movie. They showed it to a bunch of mall people and shelved it for years. Shelved it for years. Sold it to a few other people that ended up being bought back by a subsidiary of the Weinsteins and eventually released seven years later. I mean, after no one cared anymore. Yeah, and, and, and the guy, everybody had moved on. Amber Heard had already. Everybody had a career after that movie. Well, the test screenings is what screwed up uh, Halloween Six. How so? They they were screening origi- the producers cut to or original cuts of it to um, 
test audiences, and they hated it. That's why I had to go back for reshoots. That's why a lot of things were there without Donald Pleasance. Right. Which which could be a topic Donald for Pleasance that. died by that point. Ah, 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 because he watched Halloween 6 and he fucking died for it. (laughs) Which could be another topic for another podcast of test audiences. When they work and when they do not work. I don't know because I don't know any good examples. Jaws. I guess. Yeah, but like every Jaws you have like 10 Halloween 6s probably. You have every, every Jaws you have... Ten Jaws fours. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed this this kind of small podcast, not a full length one in, in comparison to the rest of the episodes that I usually do with everybody, Mike included. Yeah, this one will be dated in about six months. So. Yeah, I know. That's the one thing about doing updated podcasts. I feel like, be like, hey, I hope it's going to be like this. It's, it's, Whatever comes out, oh, we were kind of wrong. It's on the internet time capsule forever. So maybe thirty years in the future when when they're up to. Uh, Michael Myers versus um, the Harlem Globetrotters or whoever's <laughs> left of them since Metal Arc Lemon is dead now. <laughs> That's true. This People think this is really quaint. So if you want people to follow you on social media, Mike, where can I don't I... want people to follow me on social media. Get away from me. Okay. Just listen to me on this. I'm a very private person. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2 you can follow me on Instagram at trooney1012. Follow my YouTube page through Lens Productions. Obviously, follow this podcast on SoundCloud.com. Follow my Facebook page with the same name of Through Lens Productions. And I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast. Jesus. Yeah, All I have is a Facebook page with my security settings at like at like Fort Knox levels. Yeah, well, I, I I'm trying to get my name out there somehow. So I got. Well, yeah, because you have a purpose in doing that. I'm just one of you, I'm just one of you guys that comes on here and yeah, says I, what he feels. I got to spread my legs really far and wide to get people attention. That's why. That's how I feel. Well, keep spreading. Eventually, you'll do a nice split, and <laughs> hopefully, your ankles will touch your ears soon. <laughs> I'll do a Van Dam split, except further. Oh, I'll do a double Van Dam, like most of his movies with double Van Dams. Your legs will be V-shaped, but not because they're back, because they're to the side. How <laughs> far they'll be. Ooh. Hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast of the news on Halloween splitting from dimension. I hope everyone gets that. Image of Tim Tim splitting <laughs> and hearing his bones crack <laughs> in their heads for the next week. I hope everybody's enjoyed this, and we'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos.